Most people's lives are a direct reflection of the expectations of their peer group. And that is the quote of the day. The quote of the day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. Happy Monday to you. I hope you had a, a wonderful weekend and that you had time to spend time with amazing people who love you and support you and who lift you up and who want nothing but the best for you as well as for themselves. And that's what today's topic's all about. As you're about to hear Tony Robbins say, you become who you spend time with. So if you're you're at the gym or you're driving or you're on a walk or doing whatever, I really want you to, to think about who you are spending time with. Are you lowering your standards to meet theirs? Do they support your successes or do they resent them? And so ponder that today and see what you come up with. And uh, here's Tony. You can get a lot of love by having problems. In this culture, if you're successful on a regular basis, do people love you more? No, they love you in the beginning, and then they start to resent you. Why do they resent you? Because when people succeed, the only way we know we're significant is by comparing to something else. So what most people do is if they see someone else is succeeding more than they are, instead of saying, wow, what a great role model. Isn't that cool? What can I learn? How good for them. That's awesome. Instead, they go, probably stole from somebody. <laughs> Isn't that true? Is the, in Australia, they have a term for it, but it's around the world. They call it the tall poppy syndrome. Right? You get too tall, they come and cut you down. Because they don't want you thinking you're so hot. Why do they so care whether you think you're hot or not? Because what they really care about is they think they're less hot than you. It's not how you think about yourself that bothers them. It's that if you think you're that hot, and you really are that hot, and I'm not. So there's two ways to have the tallest building in town. One way is tear down everybody else's building. The other way is keep building yours. And when everybody else quits, keep building. But most people don't understand that. So they try to tear down, right? Isn't that what people do? Now, I've got some great friends. You know one of the reasons I have some unbelievably successful friends is because when they succeed, I cheer for them. I'm thrilled for them. I don't go, oh my God, that got that, and I don't. Because I know all of us have different lessons, times, and energies. I don't know if that's what I'm committed to. If I'm committed to it, I know I can do that. But if you don't wish somebody else the best, you hear about their success, and you're not euphoric about it, and you're angry or hurt or tightness inside of you, then you've just guaranteed you'll never have that level of success. Because if you resent someone else for it, you teach your brain that that's a bad thing to do. In fact, you teach your brain this will equal no love. And we live in a culture that basically when people screw up, what happens? You feel like, hey, man, I know how it feels. Come here, I love you, buddy. Love you. You get all this love when you screw up. You get all this love when you fail. Because people feel a what? Connection, because most people don't succeed. That's why you better choose your friends well. Choose your friends really well. Because if there's anything I can teach you that would change your life, it's simply this. Who you spend time with is who you become. You lie down with dogs, you come up with fleas. <laughs> and I don't care what it is you know. I don't care how smart you are. And let me tell you why. If you're with a friend and they have a lower standard than you have for your life, and you hang out with them, your standards will eventually lower not because you want low standards, but because you love them and you don't want to be angry with them all the time. You don't want to be picking a fight with them. You don't want to be on top of their case. So eventually you make it okay for them. And as you make it okay for them, a part of you makes it slightly okay. And it's no longer a must and your standards drop. 
I remember I did a speech a few years ago for the United States Marines, and the general invited me to come to Camp Pendleton. He said, I want you to talk to the Marines about raising their standards. I thought, the Marines raising their standards? <laughs> right? He said, you're the master of this. I want to take these people to another level. So I agreed to do this, and, you know, the Marines, they didn't want to pay anything. And they said, could you do it for free? I said, I'd like to serve my country, but what can my country do for me? <laughs> he said, all right, all right. He said, I want to add value for you, too. I said, I'll absolutely do it, but can you arrange something fun for me while I'm there to do also? He goes, got it. So I got there, and he let me drive the tanks, shoot, throwing grenades, exploding, and all the stuff you want to do when you're a little kid. But it was real. It was really cool, you know. So now it's time for me to talk, and I'm in the appropriate testosterone state to talk to these men. And he brings these men outside, and at 12 noon I'm speaking, it's 105 degrees, with little exaggeration, between 100 and 105. There, and a bunch of them, maybe 200 of them, were out on a survival thing for four days. They have had no food for four days. They had one more day, but he didn't want to wait. He wanted to hear me speak. They're in full battle dress with guns and war paint. They're standing like, like this, and I'm thinking, I better be good. <laughs> so I got up there. <laughs> so I get up there, and we rocked them. So at the end, the general came with me, and we were driving, and he's taking me out to fly one of these Apache helicopters. And I said, uh, I'm feeling good at this point, right? And he said, Tony said, that was unbelievable. He went on and on. He goes, that's the strongest I've ever seen. That's the most unified I've ever seen. I mean, the most I've... I said, well, thank you very much. He goes, I've got to ask you something. He said, these men and women today, and if not today, certainly their time as a Marine, that will be the highest standard they will ever have for their life. Most of them will never have this kind of standard for their life again when they leave the Marines. Why is that? Is it because people are basically lazy? Is it because people don't care? Is it people have no real drive unless you make them have it? Do they have to be mobilized by someone else? And I said, no, sir, I don't believe so. I said, I believe most people's lives are a reflection of the expectations of their peer group. And he went, whoa. And I thought, whoa, let me write that down. That was really good. <laughs> I'll say it again. Most people's lives are a direct reflection of the expectations of their peer group. What does this mean? Okay, what's one of the deepest needs we all have? The need for what? Love, okay, and connection. True? And we need to feel like, even, have you ever had somebody love you, but you didn't feel worthy of it? How, anybody felt this way honestly? Like, you know, I know they love them, but they don't deserve it. Or have you ever had somebody say, I'm so proud of you, and you thought, I didn't do squat. What do you mean you're proud of me? And you inv- they really are proud of you, but you don't accept it. You follow what I'm saying? And why didn't you accept it? Because you feel what you did wasn't what enough significant enough. Do you follow me on this? They thought it was. So here's what happens. You're in a relationship with someone. Who is your peer group? Your peer group is anyone that you care significantly about what they feel about you. That's who your peer group is. So one time in your life it was your parents, and it may still be, it may no longer be. I don't know about you. So whoever you care, and how many of you can think of someone? Think right now of someone you care. How they feel about you matters a lot to you. Because if they didn't feel good, you wouldn't feel good. How many can think of someone like that in your life? Okay, that's a peer member. That person exhorts an enormous, whether you know it or not, amount of influence of how you live your life. Enormous. Because if you have expectations that are much higher than they have, then something's going to happen. You're going to be, oh, man, I want to do this. And they're going to go, hey, mellow out. Come on. Don't be so serious. Come on, we got plenty of time. Come on, just take a bite, just one piece. Now, are they trying to hurt you? No, 
they have a lower expectation for themselves than you have for yourself. So now we have a gap. Now, they're not trying to hurt you. They just don't want to lose you. And if you're now trying to do something more significant, they know that could mean separation. They know that could mean loss. And so what they do is they try to gently, nicely, sometimes not nicely, sometimes harshly, bring you back to earth. When I was in high school, everyone was like, hey, mellow out. You don't have to work so hard. You don't have to do this. You don't have to. Come on. And as a result, what happens is if your expectations are higher than your peer group, one of two things happen. Either in order to get their love, you drop to their level, or you bring them up to yours, or you form a new peer group. If you stay in that peer group, you will eventually meet their expectations if you don't lead them. You'll drop to their level because our need for love is so deep in every one of us. True or false? Sooner or later, you don't want to fight all the time, so you go, all right, fine. Pretty soon, uh, you make it okay for them? Uh. So whoever you spend time with is who you become. Now, here's the challenge. You go, yeah, well, what if my peers are my family? Here's what's interesting. Love your family, choose your peers. Love your family, but choose your peers. Choose who you're going to give the power to determine whether you feel loved or not. Who are you going to give the power to determine significantly how you're going to feel about something? Because otherwise, your life is destined to be like those of the people in your family, some of which may be good, some of which may not. Love your family, choose your peers. That means some of your family members you might want to choose as peers. Some, how many can think of a particular family member which probably would not be the person you'd want to give the power to shape how you feel about yourself? So what do you want to do with that person? Love them, but do not make them your peer. You got to decide. That was Tony Robbins. That comes from Tony's audio program, The Power to Shape Your Destiny, available at audible.com as well as nightingale.com. Tony has an Unleash the Power Within event, live event coming up real soon, March 23rd through the 26th in Los Angeles, California. You have to go. I went there maybe about six, seven years ago in San Jose, and it was an amazing. This is like one of my best memories. And so if you have the chance to experience a Tony Robbins live event, go. You can learn more about that at TonyRobbins.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Have a happy Monday. I will see you tomorrow. Peace. 